The Winnipeg Jets are once again in the center of media attention, as everyone knows the Jets are going to have to start talking about Hellebuck, Shifley, and Dubois as parts of trades. Per Saravalli and Friedman, though, the appetite for a rebuild is non-existent. So we're going to try and dive into Winnipeg's trading strategy and why it doesn't really make sense with the direction the team is now moving versus what the Jets might be giving up if they continue on this current path. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Jets fans, and welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge, but most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said, tonight's episode got a couple of fun topics to go through. The first one that I want to dive into is Winnipeg's trading strategy, because, um, you know, Elliot Friedman and, of course, Frank Sarabali are all saying the same thing. And it's something that we've heard from the team itself well before they made their comments about the Jets making trades, especially trading free agents. The Jets want players who can help them now. They're not looking for futures. They're not really interested in stuff that's more for a rebuild. Winnipeg is trying to somehow remain competitive despite selling off three players who can help them now. So in my mind, I look at this this whole situation and I'm, I'm very confused, right? I've said for a while that the Jets probably need to retool or rebuild. Now, a retool is not the same thing as a rebuild. And I think that is an important distinction when we're talking about the Jets making some changes and getting younger versus completely tearing it down and starting over. I don't think the Jets can necessarily afford to rebuild. I know that everyone will always look at the uh, financials on the back end of who owns the Jets, and they'll say, well, of course the Jets can afford to rebuild, but that's not really how the operational side of things appears to work. Whatever the Jets are getting from ownership, I don't think it's nearly as much as people expect it to be. And of course, True North has lots of other ventures and business operations throughout all of Winnipeg. And the Jets tend to be, well, kind of down the priority list. So assuming the Jets are going to internal budgeting here pretty soon, which it sounds like uh, this upcoming season, that will be the case. Winnipeg's not really going to have a lot of money to spend. And it also means that whatever they get back in trade can't really be that impactful. For one thing, you're already telling teams you're not really interested in prospects and stuff. You're saying... We want roster players who can help the Jets now. How many teams do you think are realistically going to give up roster players for rentals? The answer is very few. Like, like I get it. Shifley, Dubois, um, and Hellebuck uh, are in varying stages of their careers and varying free agent statuses. But if all of them are essentially expiring, uh, even with Dubois, you know, his rights are coming up pretty soon. I just don't really see the appeal for other teams who are saying, well, why would we trade, you know, good young roster players that are likely to help us in the very near future versus a guy we're getting for maybe one season? You're already limiting the pool of, of returns that you can possibly get 
And for Winnipeg strategy, I, I just don't really understand why you do this. Now, on the one hand, I say that, but I also know what it's it's down to. And it's always with the financials, right? Money is kind of paramount when it comes to any discussion about the Jets making trades, planning for the future, etc. That's also kind of why I'm confused as to why the Jets are then thinking that they can replace the players that they're they're losing with guys coming in who can help the team, right? You're talking about Doc for, what, Dubois, if that were to be a trade where he'd go to Montreal. Do you think Doc is realistically going to be that much um, better or at the same level of Dubois? It'd be kind of hard to match it. Now, that's not to say that he wouldn't uh, exceed it at times because Dubois, if we're being honest, was kind of like, I would say a 60-40 player. You know, 60% of the time he was there and very present and noticeable. And the other 40% of the time, he just sort of took up shifts, right? It, it wasn't like he was the dominant force that we were really hoping for. So maybe Doc could do better than that. I don't really know. But the reality is, even if you were to settle that swap, then you've got the Shifley and Hellebuck trades. And let's be honest, no one in that is replacing Hellebuck. It's just not happening. As much as I would love for the Jets to get a good, like a good goalie in return, the reality is Winnipeg is probably going to get more of a cap dump. A Jack Campbell, Cam Talbot, that sort of caliber of goalie. And let's be real, none of those guys are ever going to be you know, anywhere close to what Hellebuck is. And if the Jets can't rely on their netminder to bail them out consistently, Winnipeg's not going to be going very far. It's why I'm kind of looking at all, all of this with a raised eyebrow. The moment you trade Hellebuck, this team is going to fall apart. And I don't say that because the Jets, like the, the skaters and stuff are bad. It's more like they've generally gotten better defensively, but Hellebuck covered all of the most critical mistakes. And with the Jets struggling to score last year, I can't imagine an exodus of talent this offseason is suddenly going to mean that the finishing improves. If anything, it should get worse. And with that in mind, you're going to need your goalie to make more saves. And if that's not going to happen, you're kind of up the creek without a paddle. And I'm looking at Winnipeg and thinking to myself, why bother trading then for players who can supposedly help you now rather than going for futures? I mean, at this point, I'm looking at this Jets team and the futures would probably be able to be swapped for more, um, I would say, helpful roster players than just trying to do it straight up with these rentals. So I don't know. I don't even know if you, who you would get in return for Shifley or Hellebuck if you're talking about roster players. I would imagine you'd be probably looking at more like prospects, maybe guys who are fringe, uh, you know, between making the jump and, and staying kind of in the AHL or something for now, just because they're maybe not quite ready for it. But, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, how on earth are the Jets supposed to compete if they're losing three of their most important contributors, one of whom is maybe the most important player in this current uh, franchise iteration's history? So, yeah, you know, I look at this and I'm just saying to myself, Winnipeg's announced strategy and from the commentary doesn't really make sense. And it brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk about in a little bit, which is Winnipeg hates rebuilds. They don't want to go through it again. No one seems to have an appetite for it. And the Jets have very sternly said, that they are going to stay the course for as much as possible and try to avoid uh, doing the thing that they really hate. But we're going to talk a little bit about why that might not be possible and how the players can ultimately influence the direction of this franchise, whether it's remaining competitive or trying to start over again here in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player fits just right. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit 
perfectly. Next time you need parts and accessories, look no further than eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check part, uh, green check mark to know the part will fit. If it doesn't, you get your money back. Just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you have eBay Motors backing and guarantee, you'll be back in the game in no time. With over 122 million verified parts to choose from, eBay Motors is your one-stop destination for all things auto parts for your vehicle. Of course, you can get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices only with ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, thank you for returning with us as we are talking about the Jets and, you know, the fact that they have announced a trade strategy that, quite frankly, doesn't make any sense and also is going to hurt the returns that they're likely to get. And I want to say all of this because the Jets have basically said that they're not going to rebuild. For me, that's an interesting statement because for what all of the players have said, from what the coaching staff has said, and from what the front office is saying, everyone thinks that this team could be somehow competitive next season. But I'm looking at this roster, I'm looking at the likely departures, I'm looking at the trade market, and I'm not seeing a scenario where the Jets don't get worse after this offseason. It's just not possible. Unless Winnipeg somehow won every single trade by a pretty big landslide, this Jets team is going to be not good. Uh, I hate to say it, I hate to be a downer and a pessimist, but I'm going to be honest, next year's team is probably more on course with a lotto pick or at least a middling first round pick. The Jets are just not going to be particularly well equipped to handle a playoff run. And for me, like I get why the rebuild word scares the Jets. I totally understand. From a very financially pragmatic standpoint, rebuilds are awful. We all know that it's going to crater attendance. We know that Jets attendance has already been flagging. I think Bettman has kind of on the side, probably warned the Jets about it. Um, and Winnipeg, I think, you know, with that new campaign, what was it, Winnipeg Forever or whatever it's called, they were basically signaling that financially the revenue is hurting right now. The streams are not there. The attendance is down. Season ticket renewals continue to stagnate. And the team basically now has to kind of go in eco mode and save cash wherever they can, which usually means that the roster uh, is going to be the first thing to really start taking some hits. So with all that in mind, I'm hearing the Jets don't want to rebuild, and I'm not really sure they can avoid it. I think the Jets could maybe try and retool on the fly, but the reality is you need at least a half-decent starter in net because with the way the Jets have played recently, you notice that overall Winnipeg defends reasonably well. As a team, the Jets try to limit chances off the rush. They don't always do that successfully, but in other areas I felt like their structure, their attention to detail – and uh, some of the zone exits were slightly cleaner this past season versus the Maurice years. And I'm not going to sit there and say it was perfect because it wasn't. They still did some of those sort of like dumps along the walls, uh, failed zone exits. They had all of the same issues that they've had in previous years. It was just less frequent. And overall, the defensive impact uh, from most of Winnipeg skaters seemingly improved under Bones's approach. So all of that said, you know, it still comes down to the fact that when the Jets make critical mistakes. They usually end up in the back of the net unless Hellebuck is in goal. And so without him, I just can't really envision this team going particularly far. Maybe, you know, whatever goalie they get in exchange somehow turns to go around. But like assuming you got you get like a backup who's on the caliber of, say, 
I don't know, David Riddick, who realistically is going to start for the Jets? It's probably not going to be Laurent Persuas. Let's be real, right? He um, hasn't exactly set the world alight with the Vegas Golden Knights. And while he was a very capable backup for the Jets, that might have been more of a streaky thing than something we want to rely on. So in net, the Jets just don't really have that many options. And at forward, how are you replacing Shifley's true offensive impact? We know that Mark, when he's feeling it, is, again, like I've said in the past, is you know pretty unstoppable, a force of nature, yada, yada, yada. So it then makes me wonder how the Jets are supposed to avoid a rebuild. At least, you know, they have to retool. There's no question that whatever assets they get back in these trades, they're going to have to make some moves to try and fill in the gaps because whatever roster players are coming back in these deals, they're not going to be on the level of the guys going out. And if you want to kind of then take some of those assets and rebalance the rest of the lineup, I think you could reasonably do that. Not that it would be my choice. I think more than anything, the Jets need to start really seeking out high-end game-breaking talent. And that's the only thing that you can get from a draft. You can't really buy that in free agency. You are unlikely to get that in trades with other teams. You can only draft it. So with all of that said, Winnipeg really needs to start thinking about this upcoming season maybe being one where you you kind of take the L. I don't know that the Jets really have many better options, and it kind of sucks that, you know, you know, on the one hand, the Jets making the playoffs was really fun this year. But on the other hand, because they did that lottery pick that they could have had this season, you know, they're going to miss out on some really good top 10 talent that might honestly be of the caliber the Jets need to really uh, improve but maybe Winnipeg trades for like a top 10 pick in this year's draft. I really don't know what their plans are. All I know is that Winnipeg has said over and over again how they want assets who can help in the present. And for me, it just doesn't really fit with how this team is moving. It doesn't fit with the likely departures. And for you know, for all of the reasons that I've stated, the only thing that it really does fit is the idea that the Winnipeg Jets are trying to be financially conscious and put butts in seats. But how many people are really going to watch a you know a mediocre product game in and game out, especially in person? If the Jets aren't going to be good, they're just not going to be good, and that's not going to be anything the team can really fix, and it's not going to help their ticket revenue. So if you're going to be bad, you might as well try and at least get some top prospects out of it. But maybe I have the wrong vision. Maybe the way I see things is incorrect. Let me know what you think the Jets should do in the comments below or at my social medias, NHLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. In just a moment, I wanted to take a step back from the Jets and talk about a, a former ex-Jet and how his team is doing in the first game of the Stanley Cup Finals, ironically also against the Vegas Golden Knights, who we just mentioned a moment ago. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for rejoining us on tonight's show. We are just wrapping up really quickly with some final thoughts uh, on the first game of the Stanley Cup Finals. I, I didn't get to watch the full game, um, mostly caught highlights and stuff later on. And from what I saw, you know, it was a pretty back and forth affair. I think what was very interesting was that um, Vegas kind of scored off of a lot of point shots. It seemed like Bobrovsky got screened by his teammates and by Vegas on numerous occasions. And what happened was, you know, Florida would have like a failed zone exit and then you'd have Shea Theodore or one of the other really active blue liners for Vegas carrying the puck around the offensive zone and then trying to wrist something from uh, down the middle channel uh, from the point. So 
that seemingly worked on numerous occasions, caused some real chaos for um, that Panthers defense. And in other areas, we saw Florida just turn the puck over, and it ended up in the back of the net. Some really good individual plays from guys like Mark Stone to steal the puck and then just rip it past uh, Bobrovsky. And despite the Panthers creating lots of chances and scoring opportunities, Aiden Hill on the other side of uh, on the other side of the ice really stood tall and bailed out Vegas when they made their own mistakes because they weren't perfect. They gave up plenty of shots. There were some really dangerous chances that they had to rob. Make no mistake, Florida definitely played a stronger game than I think the scoreline showed. But ultimately, you know, Vegas just was a little bit too much for the Panthers. And once they started conceding late goals, it didn't really seem to stop. I think for game two, we're going to see Florida have a bounce back uh, effort. I think, you know, that first game might have been a little bit rough to look at, but I suspect Bobrovsky will recover. I'm sure he's frustrated with his performance. He let in a couple of goals that you probably don't want to see, especially a point shot going under your glove when you probably could have stopped it uh, had you seen it maybe a second or two earlier. But, I mean, he's been so good in net for the past couple of weeks that it's really hard for Florida fans to be upset with Bobrovsky. They honestly owe this deep run to him for the most part anyway, so... At this part, at this rate, you just kind of have to ride the hot hand and hope that Bobrovsky recovers. I think for me, it's just annoying to see that the the Vegas Golden Knights doing really well. As much as I hate to admit it, they're still a strong team. I thought maybe this year would be the one where, despite having a strong regular season, they would kind of crash out of the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. But instead, nope, they keep on persisting. And uh, wouldn't you know it, Bruce Cassidy, who you know left Boston and one of the best teams in recent memory goes to the Vegas Golden Knights, has a modestly good season, but is now finding himself on the doorstep of a Stanley Cup championship title while his ex-team, the Bruins, are out of the uh, the first round. So a lot of chaos, a lot of crazy things happening this offseason and during this playoffs. Um, and all I can say is it's just frustrating to now see the Jets missing on so many opportunities here where Again, they've lost to a team that is going to a Stanley Cup final. Can you believe it? The teams that the, the teams that have knocked them out for the most part have all gone really far through the playoffs, and uh, the Jets are just left being one of the milestones in those teams' journeys. So hopefully at some point Winnipeg gets to reverse that and actually go on a cup run themselves, but I can't imagine it's happening anytime soon, especially with all of these players that are about to be traded. But I'm not going to whine about it anymore. I've already made my peace with the Jets being the way that they are. I think I've made that peace probably some time ago because I was just tired of getting annoyed with the moves the team made. I've kind of come to accept it to a point, even if we discuss it on this podcast. I can yell about it all I want. The Jets are always going to be who they are. So let's just hope one of those things that they are is a winner at the end of next season. But that's all the amount I'm going to grouse about it. Let me know how you're feeling about the Jets season and what you think the team should do this offseason in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. But for tonight's episode, that is all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of the day. We will see you back here tomorrow.